Have you ever felt paralyzed by fear and failure? As recovering perfectionists, we know exactly how that feels. Once we realize that success is impossible to achieve without failure and that fear will always be present, we broke through barriers in our lives and never looked back. That discovery turned into a true passion to share that knowledge with as many people as possible and to help you shake it up and make a change. I'm Rachel Roth. And I'm Christina Martinez. And this is The Shake Up. Okay, Christina, I, I want to ask you a question, and I think I know the answer to this, but I want you to, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, and I want you to be totally honest. Okay. If you are scrolling, like let's say you're on Instagram, yeah. and you're scrolling, uh-huh. do you find yourself, are you, compare, do you, are you comparing yourself to the people that you see? Like a, like a Kim K, like, are you looking at it and you're like, oh my gosh, like we, have, so we, live, we live vastly different lives. Yeah. Or do you find inspiration from the stuff that you see? No, I'm a complete sociopath. I don't compare myself to anybody. <laughs> you do not <laughs> compare yourself? No, of course. Of course. Yeah. It's so easy to fall into that trap of comparing yourself. Right. But I do have to admit, I feel like because my business is more about my product, I am seeking for more inspiration mm-hmm. over comparison because... I think when you're comparing, you're comparing yourself. It's more negative, right? You're mm-hmm. you're not necessarily seeking for something that could make you better. Mm-hmm. And because it's not my me personally, it's my brand. I feel like there's there's an opportunity for me to slightly disconnect. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna lie. Like in my, when I was in my 20s, I was constantly constantly comparison comparing myself really yeah oh yeah like i so badly wanted children and i so badly wanted to get married you wanted, you wanted children badly in your 20s i wanted children badly when i was like three wow. i was like mama i'm gonna wow. be i'm gonna be the best mom that's wow. my end goal yeah my aunt told me that i should not get married before the age of 27 and i literally she told me that when i was like young i mean i was probably like eight years old and i was like dang 27 is so old uh, you're like, you like, know i'm ancient. like that's like forever away you know? <laughs> know and then i actually yeah i mean i waited and i How got old married you? Uh, i i married derek at 30 30 i was 29 maybe yeah 30 or 31 i don't know all my friends got married mm. at like 22 23 24 mm. and i was like okay that feels happening yeah <laughs> yeah i mean good for them yeah that's yeah that's young i needed to yeah i needed to apparently get my adventures out travel the world oh, do yes. all of my yeah and aren't you glad that you did i did yeah. I, i'm very glad that i did for sure do you scroll and compare or do you scroll for inspiration i think it's inevitable to compare a little bit and i'll tell you when i'm more likely to compare is when i um i don't know ate like a cheeseburger or pizza for dinner the <laughs> night before and I woke up feeling fat or something. If sure. I if I wake up and I'm feeling like, dang, I'm not like my, not best, my best self, self. right now, <laughs> yeah. then I look and I'm much more likely to compare myself versus I will say I I have I'm on a constant journey of self-development and getting yeah. better and better, stronger mentally, stronger emotionally. And so there has been a shift in my brain where I am much more likely to see something and get massive inspiration from it. And it's actually, it's interesting because with that shift, I I'll see something and it'll inspire me Mm -hmm. in a, in, in a completely different direction from whatever, you know, Lisa is doing over here, like whatever I'm looking at, it'll inspire me to do something completely different. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a much more enjoyable place to be, to be inspired versus comparing. Comparison depletes you and inspiration gives you the opportunity for momentum and focus. And, you know, when you're comparing, you're comparing yourself to maybe your past or it's pulling you backwards and inspiration Mm -hmm. is driving you forward. So I think that 
there's that opportunity with, if there is something to look at, you can say, okay, how can I learn from this? Mm -hmm. And what opportunity can I use to apply it to whatever I'm doing versus, you know, I want to be 10 pounds thinner. I wish I were that pretty or I want like whiter yeah. teeth or whatever, whatever yeah. that negative thought is that you have. The positive self-talk is so important. It is in today's society. And when you're, when you're around the people on the internet that are, you know, seemingly perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah. and you know, I mean, there's filters and stuff that make people, you know. Oh my gosh. I know. Do you remember? So that's, a, that's a whole different conversation. Can we, when, do you remember when they took the filters away in Texas for like three days and we both were like, ah, what's happening? It was a, it was a whole, it was a whole thing. I was actually, I was kind of like glad about it. Yeah, for sure. A little sure. freaked out about it, but glad about it. And then they brought it all back and I was like, well, I guess we don't sign a waiver, that. sign yeah. your life away. It's back. That's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Our guest today is a big deal. A really big deal. He's a he's a really big deal. Yes. He by far has the best smile on Instagram. Oh, he Trust does. me. Go look. You will absolutely agree. And he created a seven-figure income by the time he was 25. He has a top 10 business podcast, and he grew his Instagram by over 400000 in a single year. We're going to dive in and ask him all the questions on how he started and how he has accomplished so much. But I... Honestly, he's only really getting started because he's he's still so young and he's already accomplished this much. On so fire. please welcome Brock Johnson. Brock. Brock. What's up? Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And hey, you know, I, I really appreciate the compliments. I got to say, I don't think I'm that big of a deal. And I appreciate the compliment on my smile. But also, I got to say, my teeth are fake. I tell people that all the time. My teeth are uh, they're called, uh, I forget, uh, Venlays is what they're called. So my teeth are fake. My smile is, is as fake as it gets on social media. So I appreciate the compliment, but, uh, you're, no reason for anyone to compare their smile so, to mine. You're so humble, but here, I actually thought about this because when I think about you, I actually really do picture you smiling and it's actually not your yeah. teeth. It's not because you could have oh, crooked, crooked teeth and it wouldn't matter, <laughs> but what I think about when I think about you is joy mm -hmm. radiates out of you. So it's actually the joy that comes out of you that I think about when you smile. So Aww. I appreciate your humility, but it, it is more than just those Vinlays. There's <laughs> for sure. Well, thank you. That 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 means an extra special lot to me. Joy is like my word. I literally have the word joy tattooed on my ribs. So Aww. that means a lot to me. Wow. Thank you. That's awesome. Okay. So everything I everything I just said about Brock is can be found on his Instagram bio. But I did a little digging um, okay. on the interweb to see if I could find <laughs> some more some more goodies. But as we all know, the internet never lies about anything. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to play a little game of true <laughs> or false to see if some of the things that I found out about Brock are true. Okay. Some of the things Christine and I found out about. Okay. Brock, true or false? Mm -hmm. You live in an Airstream with your fiance, Tay, and you briefly dated her in high school and she broke up with you. That is all pretty much true. I mean, currently we're living in Southern California. We're not in the Airstream at the moment because it's at the shop. But yeah, that's true. We lived for about six months traveling in the U.S. in an Airstream trailer. My fiance and I, we dated our sophomore year of high school for about three months. Um, but after the third day, I thought it was after like the third week or third date, but she's very adamant that it was after the third day of dating. <laughs> I wrote her a letter where I said, I want to say the L word right now, but I'm not going to. And she said at that moment, the guard wall went up 
and it was at that moment that she was, she was like, I need to cut this guy loose. Like it needs to end. And she just didn't have the heart to do it. So eventually she broke up with me. And then eventually six years later, we got back together and now we're engaged and we're going to be getting married in a couple of months. Oh, so it all works out in the end. But yes, all of those things were true. <laughs> you're like a teddy bear. You're wow. like, I, I just want to say the L word. Yes, you guys, so it's like, yes. It was so bad. So cheesy. It was so bad. Sophomore year of high school. You're that a sophomore. Is, yes, that is yeah. most precious story I've ever heard. Before yeah. we move on, though, I need to know the situation in the airstream. Is like, what's going on with the bathroom situation? Well, they oh, don't live it's, there, in, in there. I anymore. know, but is but there? oh yeah, it's it's a challenge. Um, so it is uh, two hundred square feet, actually a little less than two hundred square feet because it's twenty feet long by maybe eight and a half or nine feet wide. So it's a small space with the two of us and our two big dogs. Like people have like cats in trailers or like little dogs. We have a Doberman and a Husky Collie mix. So we have two big dogs. So it's the four of us in the trailer. Um, and we have one little bathroom. It is technically a full bath because it has a shower. It has a toilet. Over the toilet seat. Um, exactly. It's over the toilet seat. Yes. Uh, it's, techni it's technically Luxury. called a wet, a wet bath. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so it, you make it work. I think that's kind of like the motto of us traveling and being on the road is like, you just make it work. You figure it out as you go, you find a way. Um, but it definitely forces you uh, to confront every possible uh, challenge or fight or disagreement that you will ever have. Like you right. face them when you're confined to that little tiny space for yeah, six months. Right. You're not, yeah, you're, there's not much a distance that you can create. No. I'm not going in the other room where, where yeah. there's one room. There's one room, yeah. <laughs> there's one room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Too cute. Um, okay, so I uh, we've learned that you know you have a football career, and we would like to know mm -hmm. you broke multiple records in football at Mission Viejo mm -hmm. and set school records with seven touchdown passes in one game. True or false? Yeah. Uh, that was true. Yeah, that was true. Hi the high school football career was very much what um, what the Disney movies make it out to be. You know, prom king, homecoming king, quarterback, dating a cheerleader. It was it was it was very much what the Disney movies make it out to be. They should make a movie about I, you. Yeah, yeah. I I've got. I want to dive into more. But the final question is: True or false? You invented the question mark. True or false, Brooke? Um, true. I invented the question mark. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely did not. Um, definitely did not invent the question mark. Didn't invent the hashtag either. A lot of people think I invented hashtags. I did not invent those either. Yeah. You're like, yeah, those were around before me. So yeah. Way before me. Okay, let's dive in because I want to get to know you better. So, okay, can you describe what you do for a living? Like, Let's say you are at a family reunion and great mm. Frank corners you and he's like, Brock, what do you have to do these days? Like what, how do you describe this to people who aren't necessarily what, whatever, how do you describe it? Totally. So this is like one of the biggest challenges I face on a daily basis is when I meet someone, how do I describe what I do? Um, and I think it very much depends on who my audience is. So if it's Uncle Frank at the family reunion and he's in his 60s, let's say, not super familiar with Instagram and social media, I'll tell him I'm a consultant who helps business owners grow on social media or maybe even helps them market on social media because those are terms that are they're general enough that you can kind of conceptualize, okay, like he's helping other business owners and he's helping them with marketing. If I was to get more specific and maybe talk to someone a little bit younger, I would say I'm an Instagram growth coach. Like in its simplest terms or definition, I help other business owners grow on Instagram. I help with other social networks as well, but my primary focus is Instagram. Love that. Yeah, mm -hmm. no. I mean, I've been following you for a long time. I and mean, not only are you entertaining, but I feel like you give a lot of value 
for free. You're always constantly providing people with information. So I, we were reading and that you can actually respond to a thousand DMS in one day. Uh, I mean, how do you, how do you even get through that? And how do you remain motivated when people mm -hmm. are hitting you all day long? Yeah. So I can't, I can't respond to a thousand messages a day. I think I get somewhere between a thousand and 3000 messages a day. Oh. Um, and it's, it's scaled up to that. Like I remember it used to be a big day when it was like 20, 30, 40 in a day. Yeah. Um, and that was when I was at 70,000 followers. Now I'm about to cross half a million. And so I'm getting thousands of messages a day. Um, and so what I've done in order to maintain my sanity and yet still keep it personal, respond to people and interact with people is I only respond to people who are in my primary folder and the people in my primary folder are people like y'all who I'm like about to be on the podcast or like my fiance, like a one-on-one -on -one conversation with her very private or like my good friends from college, like the people I know or my close business associates, those go in my primary folder. Those are the ones I manage and I talk to. Everyone else goes into my general folder and 95% of those are responded to by an assistant. I have an assistant who it is her job to respond to messages for me. The vast majority of messages are just like frequently asked questions and people being like, this is so great. I love it, which that doesn't take, you know, it would take me a few minutes to open it up type. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And that's something that I would say and I would want to say but it just takes up too much of my time to respond to every single one of those. So I hired an assistant to respond to those. And then the third kind of layer is I do have direct message automation as well. And I only use that for like a small, tiny little bit of my Instagram DMs. But if people send me like a specific keyword or if they send me um, a commonly, super commonly asked question where I know what the response is gonna be, I have it set up. Uh, so they automatically get a response that way I can still take care of everyone and I can still serve them all and, and build those relationships, but it doesn't take me 45 hours per day to do so. Oh yeah. You spend your whole day in your DM. Oh yeah. What, oh, yeah. For all the listeners, what is the program that you use for automation and in, in your DMS? It's called ManyChat, M-A-N-Y-C-H-A-T, ManyChat. That's the one I like, and okay. uh, they're a great company. And it's what surprised me is they're like really easy to use because I'm not very technical. And to set it up, like it's just like drag and drop. It's it's super simple. Right. Well, okay. I'll have to look into that because you're mm -hmm. right. I mean, people do ask you questions all day long, and yeah. you don't want to ignore them, and you want to be helpful. Mm -hmm. But if there's something that you could just plug and play, that would be super helpful. Yeah. Uh, where that do you is, yeah go, sorry, ahead, go ahead no oh. i was gonna say i understand that sort of exhaustion um level like where you you probably finally had to turn it over and i got to that point too where i finally had to turn over some of the some of the control and some mm -hmm. of the the one-on-one -on -one discussion but my my biggest question for you is when you're pouring out daily i know what mm -hmm. it takes to come up with content i know like that you the the mental game that it that it takes and the mental focus and maybe it's just super super easy for you and you make it look effortless but uh but where do you get poured into what what keeps your motivation what makes you wake up still excited the next day where do you where do you refill your cup how do you yeah I love this question. I love this question. So I, I said it on one of my reels that I posted last week is you can't pour from an empty cup, right? Um, and so I think a few things, first of all, 
posting on reels and Instagram and making content for me, I love it. Like I legitimately love what I do. So that's part of it is it doesn't feel draining to me to create content. It feels draining to be in my DMs all day and be responding to people, but posting stories and making reels and dancing and, and giving away free value. Like that's very rewarding and fulfilling and brings me a lot of joy. So that's the first thing is, uh, it's not really emptying my cup too much to do what I do. Um, and then also I have some really strict boundaries. So I wake up and one of the first things I do is I, I post a reel and it's a reel that usually I've like, I've already made it weeks in advance. So it just, it's, it's quick. It's seamless. It's usually like while I'm brushing my teeth. So it doesn't take much energy or effort, but then after that, it's really important to me that I have a morning routine, that I'm going to the gym almost every single morning and taking care of my body and like giving myself energy for the day by exercising and nourishing myself and having a delicious breakfast burrito and a coffee. Like that is a big, big part of my morning. Um, and then another, another part of my boundaries that I kind of like protect my energy uh, is I don't really do much in the afternoons. So if anyone uh, really... I, pays close attention to the times I'm posting and the times I'm posting stories, there's not much that happens after two or 3 PM. Like I might do a live training in the evenings, but there's not very many stories. There's not very much content being posted. And so in the afternoons, I'm really starting to taper back my, my social media use and my quote unquote business yeah. day. Um, and then by like four or 5 PM, I'm done. Like I am done for the day. I might have a live training, but I'm not on Instagram. I'm not posting. I'm not doing stories. I'm mindlessly consuming just like every other 20 something year old, just scrolling on Instagram and being a normal human being and kind of turning off the, the business side of my brain. Good for you because it's so hard to turn it off and create those mm -hmm. for yourself. I mean, did you get to a point where you're like, I can't keep this momentum anymore? Or have you always had those boundaries? I haven't always had those boundaries. I've definitely, it's been something that I've been working on. And my fiance, Taylor, she helps me with that as well. Um, she'll, you know, kind of remind me, she'll be like, Hey, what are you doing? If she looks over and it's, you know, seven o'clock at night and I'm clearly editing a reel. She'll, hey, what, what are you up to? And I'll be like, uh, uh, nothing. nothing. And I'll go back to TikTok. <laughs> um, and, and so just kind of, you know, having her to hold me accountable has been really helpful. It's something that I've built over time. Um, but in terms of burning out, oddly enough, this isn't the relatable thing to say. This isn't the um, thing that everyone's going to be like, ah, he gets me. I've never burnt out. I, I don't know why. Maybe I am um, blind to it. And everyone else is like, Brock, you are quickly heading towards the cliff right now. But so far, it's been like 15 months straight of at least one reel per day. But for the last few months, it's been like two or three reels per day that I've been posting. And I haven't burnt out. I haven't gotten to a day where it's like, oh, I just, I can't do this anymore. I don't know. Maybe it's an anomaly. Maybe it comes from my sports background and just like, hey, you show up every day and you put the work in. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's so fulfilling and rewarding for me. It might be a combination of all the things, but so far, knock on wood, I haven't been burnt out. You know, you cannot do what you do at the level that you do it and with the joy that you do it without being super passionate about it. And mm. in my experience, I, I, I'm a business coach and I coach literally thousands and thousands of women, uh, men and women, but primarily women. And we just had this conversation um, on our last episode, but we were talking about how when you are passionate about something, it actually unlocks a level of energy inside of you that is like unquenchable. Like it totally. just never ends. And it just kind of keeps pouring out of you. And it's this unending fountain 
of energy. And I have this exact same thing when I'm pursuing something that I'm passionate about exact same way. So I can mm. absolutely relate to that. Okay. So this actually leads me to my next, to my next question, because when you scroll, you know, mindlessly scrolling, like you mm -hmm. said, mm -hmm. you find yourself in the comparison game with other people who, who do what you do or do similar things. Cause it's impossible. Even if you try to not look at those accounts, it's impossible yeah. you see them. Right. So do you yeah. find yourself comparing yourself or do you get inspiration from them and say, Oh, I really like how they did that. I'm going to tweak that and make it my own. Totally. Yeah. So I, I try to do more of that one. If I see someone who let's say they, they come up with my top three tips for reels, I might stop watching the video right there because I don't want to be influenced by what they're going to say. But then at least I have the inspiration of, Hey, they're giving out like their top tips for reels. I could do a reel talking about my top tips for reels, but I don't want to be influenced by them. But when it comes to how people are creating or, or presenting their content, I love consuming that stuff. So I have a, a passion for video and film. I actually minored in film in college, which not many people know about me, but I love film and cinema and movies and editing. And I have like, that was one of my original passions in life. So I love watching the way people edit their reels or the way they do their transitions or the pacing of their videos or just the little things like that. Um, that's what really inspires me. And that's what really is like, Ooh, like let's, let's get fun and tricky with this one and, and do a different editing style or use different kind of cuts and transitions. So that is something that I get a lot of inspiration from. Um, and just, I try my hardest. It's not never perfect, but try my hardest to not compare and not be like, oh, well, they had a viral one and mine didn't go viral. And I wish I could dance like that and like that. Well, you said two things that I think our listeners would be interested in. Mm -hmm. What are your top three, you know, tips for reels? And then, um, you know, when you're doing them, are you, do you have any transitions that you think are up and coming that you would recommend? Or like, what do you think, what do you think's on the tip of trending? Yeah. So, uh, I would say, first of all, my, my top three tips for reels is number one, your reels need to be related to your niche or your focus, whatever that subject is that your Instagram account is focused on. Uh, because if you post a reel that isn't either everyone follows you for something else and they're like, wait, this, this isn't why I follow you. Why, why did you post this? Or it does really well and people love it. And let's say it's like a great video from like your vacation. It's like you and your family, but it has nothing to do with what you do for a living. It has nothing to do with business coaching. And so it, it does well and it goes viral, but now all these people are finding you for the wrong reasons. It would be like showing up to a sushi restaurant and expecting tacos. Like it's, you're getting to that profile for the wrong reason. So my first tip um, is they need to be niche related. Uh, my second tip is they need to be as long as you need to make them to get your point across yet also as short and succinct as possible. So they, you know, they can be, and I know it's kind of like, it's the double-edged sword there. Uh, people are always like, how long do they need to be? Well, I can tell you a few things. First of all, they can be up to 90 seconds. They can be up to a minute and a half, but the human attention span is about seven seconds. Oh, I know. So does that mean your reels have to be seven seconds? No. If you need 14 seconds to get your point across, go for it. If you need a minute and a half to get your point across, go for it. But also at the same time, try to be succinct, like cut out words that you don't need, cut out phrases that, that, that are unnecessary, um, try to be as short and succinct as possible. Uh, those two tips are really big. And then another one that people uh, just kind of forget about is where things are on the screen 
like the text, it needs to be close to the center so that people can read it, so people can see it. I see people putting their text way down at the bottom or way up at the top where it's really hard to read, or they align their text to the center, which makes it hard to read. There's a reason why books are all aligned to the left. It's easier to read when things are aligned to the left. Uh, so just little things like that that a lot of people overlook can make a big difference in your reels. That's super helpful. Okay, so, and I, I love all those. And Brock literally has endless tips on his Instagram page. Like, it, like in you can learn everything you ever want to know about the platform and about how to create reels and all of that. I want, I want some, I want some meat here. I want, mm -hmm. some, which that's all great meat for business. Yeah. But I want to know, I want, I want to dig into your heart a little bit more. So tell me when you were, you're in college and you were, you were playing football. Mm -hmm. Where did this business come about for you? Like, how did, how did this evolve for you? Did you see this as part of your mm -hmm. future? Did you see, because here's what I see as an outsider, as an outsider mm -hmm. looking in, I see a young man who is incredibly passionate, selfless, and you serve your audience. Like, I know that you're a human and like, <laughs> you're fallible. like I understand that, but I also see somebody who has joy, a servant's heart, and a desire to make a difference in people's lives. And you radiate that. And so has this, is this something that you kind of always saw yourself going towards, or did this sort of fall into your lap and evolve? Tell me about how all of this came about. Totally. Well, first of all, thank you so much for those compliments. That, that really does mean the world to me. Um, and I loved when you said the word evolve, because that's exactly what happened. So I'll tell you the full story of it. My freshman year of college, um, I was on the East Coast. I was going to Georgetown in Washington, D.C., um, and I'm from Southern California, so complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, I knew no one. I was the only person on the football team who was from west of the Mississippi, <laughs> so I was like in a totally foreign environment, um, and I was having to cook for myself and, and you know, provide and do all these things. Um, and I started to feel really guilty because I come from a well-off background. Like my parents were able to provide for me throughout college. Like I had a credit card that I could use for groceries and for all my needs and things like that. But I had teammates who were from like lower income families and neighborhoods and communities who weren't able to provide for themselves in the same way. And so I was like, okay, I don't want to be the kid with the silver spoon in his mouth, but I also still want to be able to eat three meals a day. I also still want to be able to go to the movies when I want and, and treat my friends to dinner, you know, if we're going out to eat. And I wanted to be able to do that without relying on mommy and daddy. So the next step is, of course, I'm going to have to make my own money. But because I was a college athlete, because I was playing college football, it was not realistic to work a traditional nine to five. It was not traditional to go. Or it wasn't possible, really, to get like a traditional job. Uh, so I was super homesick one weekend. My mom flew out to kind of hang out with me for a weekend and just kind of, uh, you know, see how I was doing, check in on me. And it was during that weekend that I was like, mom, I want to start my own business. I don't know what it is, but I want to start something and I want to provide for myself so that I can become financially independent. And at that time, Snapchat was super popular. Do you remember in 2016 how like Snapchat was kind of like the thing? Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. It was like, it was like what TikTok was like a year ago. Like it was blowing up. Everyone was a little bit nervous. It was on the news. Like what's going on? We got disappearing messages. But in 2016, when I was a college freshman, I taught my parents how to use Snapchat. 
because I was like, I don't want to be texting you guys and sending you pictures all day from across the country. I'll just snap you. It's way faster. It's way easier. I'll, I'll teach you guys how to use Snapchat. Yeah. And so that's what my very first business was. My first business when I was in college was teaching moms how to use Snapchat so that they could keep their kids, their teens safe oh on the app. That's so smart. Wow. Yes, because that's wow. got a bit of a scary thing. So how did you teach them? Um, it was an online course. So it was it was through uh, Kajabi. If people are familiar with Kajabi, it was just an online course wow. uh, that I sold. I think it was like $19. And it just uh, was a bunch of video lessons kind of first explaining like, hey, here's what Snapchat is. Here's how you use it. Here's all the different buttons and functions. And then kind of getting into like, here's what some of the lingo means. Here's like what your kids are actually doing on the app. Here's how you can, uh, you know, keep tabs on what's going on. Um, and so that was my first, my first real business. Good for you. And That's incredible. Yeah. It is. And so now you have your business Insta Club Hub. And so you've mm -hmm. evolved into a different social platform. And is that? Yeah. So, so what, but what happened like after, so you, you started that and yep. then what, mm -hmm. what next for you? Like, where did you, how did you, how did you transition that into, did that last all through college until you graduated? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'll walk you through the steps for this. So very soon after it was called unwrap snap unwrap snap. And so very soon after unwrap snap launched, yeah. um, suddenly I had had a couple hundred moms learn how to use Snapchat. And all of these moms were business owners and entrepreneurs, and they had side hustles and they were network marketers and direct sellers. So now they were like, well, Brock, we have this new social network. We know how to use it. We're all on it now. How do we, how do we use it for business? Because I was using it for business and I was connecting with all of them on Snapchat. So Brock, how do we use it for business? And so Unwrap Snap 2.0 for business was born. And so that's what uh, the next kind of phase was, was teaching these moms or primarily business owners how to use Snapchat for business. Then a really interesting thing happened. A setback turned into a setup. And it was that I transferred colleges. I went from Georgetown to UC Davis. Um, and there was about a six month window where the NCAA had me under investigation and I had to stop all business practices. And for people who don't know, uh, the NCAA is very strict about student athletes making money. And even though my business had nothing to do with my college athletics, they had to investigate me to make sure that I didn't have like a fake business just so that donors could like give me money, you know? Uh, so for about six months, I had no business. I couldn't really do anything. It was also right around that time that Instagram released Instagram stories mm -hmm. and that there was, and then there was a mass exodus from Snapchat. I remember Kylie Jenner like led the way. She's like, I'm done with Snap. I'm going back to Instagram. And like all these influencers, all these celebrities went back to Instagram and they left Snapchat. And it was right around that time that I was taking the break. So when I came back to my business, when I came back to using these social networks, Everyone had left Snapchat for the most part and everyone was on Instagram. So I was like, well, sh shoot, I know how to use Instagram stories because they're the same thing as Snapchat stories. So let me just go over there and do that. Yeah. Did you feel defeated? Did you feel nervous, defeated, sad that you had like built? I mean, th that took time and effort and energy for you to build what you had built on Snapchat. Yeah. Did you yeah. Feel defeated? I didn't, oddly enough. I was definitely very frustrated, more so like when the NCAA shut me down because it was just like, well, shoot, I you know, have six months now where I literally can't do any work. I can't provide for myself. And it was risky because uh, they were thinking about potentially I would have had to forfeit all of my profits. I would have had to take all, every, all the money that I had made in the past and refund it and or donate it to a charity of the NCAA's choosing. 
it was it was yeah that that was a tough scene um that was that was that was scary but um when i came back i was like I'm already using Instagram. I like Instagram. And I already knew as someone who was teaching about Snapchat, I knew that the potential for growth was much greater on Instagram because uh, Snapchat was just very limited in a lot of capabilities. Uh, so I was I, I was fine with it. I was kind of excited for the new opportunity to start growing on Instagram. So how did it evolve into the, it, did it, did it go straight into the Insta Club Hub or did you, mm-hmm. was, what was that switch and how did you, how did you, start this new business on Instagram. Yeah. So the Insta club hub was a COVID baby. It was a pandemic baby. It was me, uh, sitting in my parents' house because I had to move back home. College was canceled. Uh, so I moved back home and I was like, mom, like there's so much changing on Instagram all the time. And I know we've put out courses here and there. And like, we do a launch, we'll do a webinar here and there, but like things are changing on Instagram on like a weekly basis. So there needs to be a place where people can just like learn what they need to know. And at the same time, be up to date on what's changing and like what's going on in the Instagram world. And so that's where the Insta club hub was kind of born. I was kind of, I really just nagged my mom until she was finally like, okay, like we can do this together. We can launch the Insta club hub. Um, and our first launch was in July of 2020. Yeah. So almost exactly two years ago, that was kind of our soft launch for the Insta club hub. Um, and here we are two years later, still, still rolling with it, still teaching people and still, um, adding people to the Insta club hub and helping them grow on Instagram. So would you say that is your primary focus in business right now? Or what is your, what's your primary focus in business? The Insta club hub is my primary focus. Uh, I've been doing a lot more speaking events now that speaking events are happening again, and that's really fun. And I love speaking on stages. Um, but my, my primary, sorry, you you spoke a couple weeks ago with my friend Jade, uh, Smith in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, that was super fun. That was a great event. I'm actually flying out um, in a couple of days, flying out to Ohio. So flying all over the place, which is super fun. And I love it. Get love to get to meet people from all over the country. Um, but my primary focus is the Insta Club Hub. Love it. So mm-hmm. what's what's next for you? What what do you yeah. what do you feel like is your next evolution? Yeah. So I think business-wise, the next step is just making the Insta Club Hub a, a more valuable and easy to use space because right now we have literally every single Instagram question answered. Like there is not a topic that you can't find a lesson on, but just because everything is there doesn't mean it's necessarily useful. Doesn't mean it's necessarily easy to to figure it out. So we're working on just improving the user experience um, because I think that's really the next step for a lot of businesses. And that's the next step for our business is not just getting new audience members, not just marketing and sales, but then once you get a customer, can you blow their mind? Can you make them have like the best experience that they're inviting others and that they're, they're loving it and that they're staying a member and that they're, they're staying engaged and they're actually falling in love with your brand and business the way we all are with like Nike and Lululemon and Apple, right? Like we're like, addi- like we have this brand identity that we're addicted to. So business-wise, I think that's the next step. Uh, but for me, uh, the next step is getting married in about three months. That's a huge next step. And then uh, we actually have a ton of weddings coming up. Like my sister's getting married in two months. I'm getting married in three months. Um, and then in four months, my best friend is getting married and my fiance's her, one of her best friends is getting married. And those are happening on the same weekend. So we got a lot of weddings coming up. 
And then it's snowboard season. So we're big snowboarders. I'm going to be snowboarding a ton. Um, and then long-term next five to 10 years, I'd want to continue growing this business while working the least amount that I possibly can be a great husband. And, uh, in the next few years, probably be a great dad as well. That's, that's the goal. Be all of those things. Yes. You know, I gotta be honest. I have two little boys at home and I often think about if I, if I see something from you or I see, I see these hardworking, joyful men, I'm, I just so much want to raise my boys to radiate joy and have the work ethic and the desire to impact people's lives the way that you have and the way that you do. And so your, your faith and your heart and everything about you, like you don't even you don't have to blatantly say any of it. It is written all over your face, Brock. Truly, oh, like thank with you. every every video and every piece of content you put out, um, who you are radiates through you. And it is, it's a powerful message. And so I'm grateful for people like you who are truly impacting people's lives. Cause you know what I'll tell you is there are women who are at home, like with their kids, trying to build a business from home to earn mm -hmm. extra $500 a month to help pay for gas and groceries. And they don't know how to do it. And what you are providing for them is helping bridge that gap and teach them how to monetize whatever it is that they're working on so that they can provide for their families. And so what you're doing is so much, I, I you know, and I, I think that you probably know that, but what you're doing is so much bigger than just on the surface of, Hey, I've got this great Instagram growth, you know, model and and uh -huh. I have 100,000 Instagram followers. Like it's it's a lot bigger than that and you're actually impacting people's lives. And so I'm so grateful for your for your wisdom today and uh you are you're truly an inspiration to so many. Oh, well that that like that I can't even put into words what that means for me. So thank you so much really from the bottom of my heart that that means so much. Thank you. Well, we are going to put uh, in the show notes how you can find Brock, how you can um, get connected with the Insta Club Hub. Christina and I are both members, and it's been tremendously helpful for us. Um, so thank you for listening. Give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple, Spotify, all the major platforms. And um, yes, follow us on the ShakeUp.podcast um, is, our, is our podcast Instagram. And Brock, what is your, what's your Instagram handle? Uh, Brock one one yeah Instagram is Brock one one Johnson Brock eleven Johnson love it and are you on TikTok I am on TikTok Brock eleven Johnson I'm Brock eleven Johnson everywhere I tried to I'm the same. tried to make I'm it uniform yeah. yeah me too I know I decided to do that I've got like some underscores and a lot of R's but it's fine it's fine <laughs> well thank you so much for your time today it has truly been inspirational and an honor and uh, we are we're cheering you on man thank you thank you so much I appreciate it Thanks, Brock. Thanks.